0: Hey guys, what's happening back again another episode of Digital Artcast here in the back um, and another awesome guest on the other side of the mic. Um, these have been coming thick and fast now. I've been trying to keep these regular at least once a month. Um, and yeah, kind of just, uh, just basically trying to roll with the punches and speak to people when I can. Um, you know, schedule's conflicting and, and sometimes it takes a while, but... Um, you know, there's, there's, there's different things going on in people's life, and I'm just appreciative when people can take the time to talk to me. So, um, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, on the day of recording this, I don't know if you guys have, uh, have kind of heard what I do about housekeeping before we kick off. Um, for those who don't know, um, I just announced uh, through my Facebook, my kind of personal Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, that um, I will be moving to Tokyo, Japan uh, in a couple of months to, well, initially live there for 12 months and then just kind of see where the wind takes me um but yeah i'm going out there for work and um because of that you'll probably find a lot of these these episodes were already pre-recorded and then we'll just be set to upload throughout the year um but then if i'm not mentioning it again if, if at least people catch this they'll be able to understand that if there isn't a concurrent upload or i'm not being very regular um then that's why because i have i have have or would have had at this point move country so uh so yeah that's just a, a quick update before we jump into this interview um this is a big one i've been waiting on this one for a while um when i first saw this artist about three years ago and started following his work um i was extremely impressed with his take on line and shape design um and of course his background in the games industry and teaching um especially his teaching um he's one of i would say one of the most respected artists in 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 the business at the moment and uh he's joined me today for a talk and uh so you know, uh, Ahmed, how how are you doing?
1: Hello, that's quite a kind uh, intro there.
0: <laughs> well, I believe it's true, but you know, <laughs> people, can, people can argue can me in the comments, I don't really give a fuck. but um. <laughs> get to swear
1: on this podcast, nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Heck. We, actually, we have a special button, so if I want, I can actually go do the... This, oh, the yeah, so that's yeah. there as well.
1: <laughs> right on. That's so cool that you're moving to Tokyo, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's that, that came out of... Um, actually a few things one was actually believe it or not you know what i'm going to gush now um but uh when you basically were kind of doing your whole um you I don't say good gear off but you know time when you traveled yeah. you took in a bit of the world you went to japan you competed in those competitions um yeah that kind of just really inspired me um mm. to, to go that side of the world and, and have a look into the art over there um There's not much about it, and uh, I think it's probably what I'm going to dive in today with you just about stuff that you've done. Um, Well, what are you going to do for
1: 12 months when you're there?
0: Well, initially, I'm going to be teaching English, um, Hmm. mixing some freelance stuff that I've got kind of lined up on and off with different people, Um, but nothing full time, no actual job that is related completely to games. Um, I think there's one or two studios out there I've already been in contact with, or I've met through um, networking events like THU last year. So I know Polygon right. Pictures are out there. Um, I know a couple of people in and out of like things like Square Enix and Capcom. So, um, and funny enough, uh, the Zelda team were hiring recently, oh. but they. Yeah, they're looking. Apparently, they're only looking for Japanese speakers. ne. Ah, no, cool.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, but yeah, it was it was just a thing that came kind of last minute, and I thought, you know, why not? Um, one of the guys I know from again from an event, Rich Kerry, he actually went out there last year, um, to basically work off the the tourist visa. I think you get first, you know, I think it's a year or something. Yeah. And uh, he just went there basically to just explore the place because his his style will send you stuff like it's very um,
1: yeah, love to see
0: Eastern you. inspired kind of anime anime meets kind of mm. uh, Western style. So uh, yeah, because I've dug, I've dug that stuff since I think I first left my job oh. um got five years ago now. Um, no, I you've think been I on the grind, yeah, like a couple <laughs> of years. And it's difficult though I think because I'm still nowhere where I want to be. But you know, I mean, I, I can include it, yeah well i included <laughs> in my posts on facebook i was like you yeah. know i left because i wanted to do concept work specifically character stuff and um, more stylized and i've basically dived around every other job um dodging my fundamentals and thinking i don't need to learn to draw oh, yeah i've you know eventually i've just got to this point i'm like you know i need to stop you know clearing the, and it's like you you were talking to james about it like, like the unplugging router thing like yeah i think i have the exact same thing you know i, yeah. I procrastinate constantly I ignore stuff because i think it's just it's the fear of you know i'm never going to be good enough i'm right. never going to be able to do stuff you know i would look at all these awesome guys like alvin lee at riot and they're doing this fucking amazing job and how yeah. am i ever going to get there well
1: the, um, back to the uh, just real quick on the router thing um yeah i've sort of envisioned it as well you know the internet's great you know it brings us all together we have access to so much content and sharing ideas and and uh, tutorials and whatnot and yeah. uh but if you also imagine it as like, well, it's it's kind of a stream, you know, it's it's a big river that has all this flowing content and all these people. But along with that comes sort of this presence and, uh, and the presence could be people's opinions or whatever. And for somebody like me who hasn't, I haven't really resolved all my personal insecurities entirely, uh, that kind of takes a toll. So feeling like I'm connected to that stream uh, is as if I'm connected to being, I guess, uh, put on the spot or something like that. And the moment I unplug the internet or the router, mm-hmm. it just, it's like a kind of relief. It's like a breath of fresh air and I could sort of see everything around me for the first time. And it's being able to take my pencil to paper or Wacom or whatever, uh, without that feeling of being connected to the stream. And it, it's sort of like uh, far less tension. Um, so I definitely recommend that as an experiment to anyone.
0: yeah that's that's deep dude that's that's deep as the ocean definitely it's yeah um yeah I, I feel the same like it's i even have this thing now where i'm i'm weaning myself off social media like i mean I, I said when i posted i was like i'm going dark for a year i'm not posting anything on our an station facebook mm-hmm. instagram nothing for 12 months while i'm in japan um i just want to go out there and experience it with yeah. my own two eyes and nothing else there you go. worry about it Oh I need to post this Sakura Tree or this bit of Akihabara on thingy and no, just stand there and, and enjoy it. Um if anything I want to record it with a sketchbook, you know, and do some urban sketching. It'll be such uh, a good
1: experience for you.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I mean, like, we've talked about this. So, like, you know, ugh, fuck your history, man. Like, people have talked about your, your stuff enough that you, if you don't know who Ahmed is at this point, no. you know, you can you can Google him. There's a lot of history on what he's worked on and stuff like that. But yeah. um, you, so you, the last year for you has been really interesting because, you know, so you run the Patreon. Mm. You, were, you were doing that. You were, you were uploading. And then you were basically just traveling, right? You were just cutting across the country. I think yeah. the first the States and then kind of moved away from there into japan so how did that come along that whole thing
1: so yeah i mean uh it's like i I got to a certain point when i was in la that i decided that since i was working from home for patreon and whatnot because i had just finished uh, teaching at art center and brainstorm and i didn't really want to renew that just yet so i figured I didn't really need to be in LA anymore. You know, I I've been there for what, eight or nine years and I've kind of had my fill. And so I just was like, let, I'm just going to get out and see what happens. And so, yeah, the first part was, uh, cutting across the States for a couple months and just going to different places, meeting new people at meetups. That was really fun. And then, uh, the opportunity to go to Japan came up with that competition thing, which, uh, right. having, having won it, uh, for the battles, um, they flew me out there a couple more times and I developed a relationship with the Japanese over there so I got to spend a um, couple months over in that area cuz I went to Thailand and Singapore as well so right,
0: yeah. great yeah
1: not a great experience yeah
0: the whole the whole of southeast asia I think is something that people should see at one point anyway i think it's just oh, yeah. a beautiful piece of the world
1: so highly recommend um, it.
0: yeah so what was the the competition you were involved in hmm.
1: and so it's something that's actually uh running uh in LA now uh from a different sort of child company from the main thing. Uh but it's it's called limits digital art battle and the one in LA is called Paint One. I think it's Paint dot one. Um okay. and if anyone's interested definitely check out their Instagram or website. And uh basically it's if you've ever seen Iron Chef or any kind of show where there's uh, limited time and two people battling head to head, that's pretty much what it is. You're on a stage And you have a Cintiq in front of you. You can choose either Photoshop, Painter. Some people use Illustrator, uh, like J.B. Styles, he uses Illustrator. And uh, you have uh, this kind of roulette. And in the center, you both touch the iPad and it picks a random word. So it's two words and whatever it is, you have 20 minutes to paint that. And ideally, you would kind of convey some kind of story, whether it's sequential or uh, you kind of carry the audience through a visual experience uh, using your art, and so right. there were uh, like qualifier matches in LA, and since I uh, passed those with Rake uh, R E I Q, he's a, another yeah. great artist.
0: I love Rake. Rick. Rake's also an awesome guy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's super nice, and and he and he speaks full Japanese, so it was really convenient to be around him in Japan. <laughs> uh, and so we were both sent out to Japan, and we competed, and he made it to I think third or fourth. But yeah, after a bunch of rounds facing off against awesome Japanese artists, uh, I sort of brought a little bit of different flavor to the table um, from my background, having worked in movies, games, and uh, did the whole art center thing. So uh, yeah, I managed to win that, and uh, the rest was history.
0: Yeah, I was just actually jumping on their website to have a quicker look, and I've noticed that you're front and center on their splash page.
1: Oh my yeah, wait, yeah. For, the, for which one?
0: Paint dot one. Um, paint one. Yeah, literally just went oh on my the God, website. That's me.
1: God, that's yeah, the yeah. first picture.
0: <laughs> oh. If you guys check out the Paint .dot uh, website, oh, you'll look. find that Ahmed is uh, he's, he's front and center on the page. He's I look like a blob. There.
1: <laughs> I'm like melting into the chair. I swear it's a wide-angle lens or something. <laughs> I need yeah, to get in he- shape.
0: <laughs> there's a better picture in the bottom right it says champions that's, that's, that's got a better in it. Yeah, and then yeah. you're in the middle as well I can see you, yeah you're everywhere man you're fucking yeah. you're, you're killing it just everywhere yeah. Um. So, so then that would be an interesting because in my observation although you might find this different because of course it is your art but do you draw or have you drawn a lot of inspiration from eastern styles because your stuff hmm. seems to be like I said, like, you, I don't know if you know Alvin at all, but Alvin Lee was an mm. artist within Marvel who moved to Riot, and then his stuff is very, like, the mix of both continents. Like, he's got that Eastern style mixed with the Western stuff. Is is that, was that a draw for you when you were building your style?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so Alvin Lee, he does, like, the... Uh, Character to
0: kind of splash art stuff for Riot. Okay, yeah, yeah. now I see it.
1: Yeah. I was also thinking of Evan Lee, which is another artist. Um, oh,
0: yeah, of course, <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yeah, I I guess my influences are definitely a mix. I mean, uh originating highly more from western styles like uh comic books, Joe Mad, J. Scott Campbell, okay. right? Um there. and a bit a bit of uh, more uh there used to be a, a lot of really great sketchbooks and stuff um on the forums at conceptart.org. So Luke Hollis really really excellent uh draftsman with pencil. Mm-hmm. I think he, he's from the UK area. Um, right. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I had my phase somewhere in high school where I would draw a little bit of anime here and there and a bit of Eastern influence. But no, I, I'd say mostly it's been uh, Western influences. And when it comes to painting, you know, definitely Liondecker, Decker, Rockwell, John Singer Sargent, Soroya, um, yeah. that kind of feel. So
0: yeah, yeah. I, can, I mean, you can see your influence in, in all of those. It's, I think it's just more. Um, I think it was where I was thinking that 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 Eastern style was more your shape language. I felt mm. there was a lot of a lot of thinner, um, narrower shapes sometimes, and even in your characters, I felt they had that. Um, and then your color palette as well was was mm. always to me super colorful. I thought it was more um, it more jumped out the screen than a lot of other concepts I had seen for characters okay. at the time. So yeah, but then I think. Art is open to interpretation in any form, so uh-huh. people can always look at paintings or drawings from artists and say, "Oh, yeah, I think his influence would have been that." Um, sometimes, maybe because your own art has an influence from one person's, and you can see it in other people's art, and you right. try to make the comparison or the or the connection. But um, but your stuff has always been, I think it's it's been one of the more unique styles. I think I've 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 seen across um, different people's concepts. Anyway, I think it is something that um, you say that- more of.
1: But when I look at my work, I just feel like it's bland and it just, it doesn't, oh, man.
0: See, it's just, see.
1: it's just yeah, a copy yeah. of like a collection of so many. I'm like, there's nothing here.
0: <laughs> I think it's something I've noticed since I started jumping into this industry and talking to people is that people are so dismissive of their work. Yeah. And I watched, uh there's a really cool YouTube blogger called Anna Akana, who I yeah. watch and Anna's had a a video the other day about like if you took the negative things you said about yourself and projected that into like someday like a friend who was sitting in the room telling you those things you would quickly not be friends with that person yeah (laughs) because because you find that like i I mean even my girlfriend was sitting watching the the new queer eye series and Mm. she was watching a guy who was kind of like me he was quite heavy set he was bigger and since like they initially met him they recorded all the things he said without prompt like he was saying like oh man i'm really fat and and all this stuff and then they basically took him into a room and played back like everything he said about himself and oh I'm chubby and I've got man boobs and oh I'm mm. ugly and, and the guy was just about to get married and he was like you know you have to revitalize your kind of appearance of yourself or what you think about yourself because right now you're just being so super negative um and I think that is a very common trait way artists around this industry is that nobody and i know people can be humble totally but then it always is you'll say something oh your work's really good and i'm like and you'll be mm. like really man oh, i hate it and you know i think it's terrible and bland and um
1: it's almost do like you think it, yeah, yeah.
0: no i was gonna say do you, do you feel that's common Do you have you seen that absolutely in other so, and it's yeah.
1: it's not just with uh you know visual arts but you know authors have the same feeling and musicians yeah. it's just like why can't i find the right thing to finally feel whatever but i found that mm. Like I think the solution, if at all, is to identify that part of your brain that sort of scans, analyzes, and evaluates whether something is good or not and just throw it out. I mean, sure, you need it when you're improving and trying to get good or developing your own taste. But when you're um, when you're looking at your own work as you're doing it or producing stuff, like you can – implement your techniques and skills but the part of you that's gauging whether it's worthy or good enough like to be accepted by other people and you start to project your own feelings onto it that part I think could be done away with because uh, it, it really results in you just being in, in uh, analysis paralysis and you don't do anything at all as a result right um, yeah. as a worst case scenario so yeah. I think the best thing to do is develop the skills, have, them, have the tools in your tool belt and use them and then just make stuff whether or not it, it, it reaches that, um, oh my God, this is viral, amazing work, everyone's going to love it kind of uh, you know, mentality.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I think it's, it's it's very close to, I mean, there was a really, I mean, she's had some of the greatest kind of quotes of all time, but um, Eleanor Roosevelt once said that happiness isn't a goal um, or is not the goal. It's a byproduct, of their life will live. Yeah. So, you know, like happiness shouldn't be an end goal. It just should happen through, right. you know, taking care of yourself and, and and using your positive attitude sometimes to try and push forward and, and and create work that you feel is, you know, you're not looking for an end goal, you're just looking to be happy. So, yeah, I think it is. It's, it's a very, and this is like a whole can of worms, right? You could sit here in for hours and talk about, like, the state of the industry, how people feel about, you know, with, you know, the recent job losses and shifts and mm. how happy can people be when they can never feel settled or never feel like they've accomplished. And, I mean, uh, for you, obviously, you work within Guild Wars. Mm. But then I think since then, you know, apart from maybe freelance gigs, you've never really been back in a studio. You've kind of just, you have been more teaching, more freelance. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the games industry is something that you like to, have, no like to avoid, but you know, it's something you're trying to maybe you not know, make the focus of your career or is that because uh, of the studio setting or?
1: Well, I mean, it was, it was a great time when I was there. Uh, I just found that I'm far more fulfilled when I'm just doing my own thing. And so, uh, it, w- it just wasn't for me um yeah. it doesn't mean i'm forever going to be away from that industry i mean i, I do no, have, of course yeah. Yeah. i do have a small thing for bungee coming up but like it's it's just right. you know freelance so um yeah. I, I just like being on my own and having the ability to go on as many breaks as i want or like travel yeah. to a place and not be anchored down
0: yeah because it's like there's the 50 50 spot i feel with the industry where there will be Studio guys versus the freelance guys, mm. like there is that divide. Like even a uh, Trent, um, I can never say Trent's third, second name, but went, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> he worked in Blizzard, but yeah, Sorry, like Trent, dude. no, no, he's he's cool with it. But like, uh, no, he done a video the other day, which was basically the whole divide of like, should you work in a studio or should you work for yourself? And yeah. he said the same thing, like working as a, a free agent. Like, you know, he went, I think it was a holiday to Hawaii with his uh, his, his partner, his wife, and he just done a lot of his work on the beach um yeah. with a tablet so yeah and like i've just invested in an ipad pro so like you it's know i'm best. already feeling oh man like procreate and um i found out an app called forger hmm. um and it's a 3d sculpting tool it's like zbrush for your ipad i gotta
1: check it out y-
0: yeah man like it's five bucks but like it uh, oh my god so worth it forger f-o-r-g-e-r um I, it was actually rafael who turned me on to the, the app um because i was talking about doing some quite character sculpts. and it's like, oh yeah man, if you get an iPad check this app out. So mm. um so uh so yeah like it's it's definitely a more free and experience. And then Rich, who I talked about, who's in Japan, like he has been working for uh Epic Games doing some character mm. skins and character stuff for uh, Fortnite um and all his stuff has been done on ipad in japan yeah. when he's been traveling
1: that's awesome so
0: Technology yeah so tell <laughs>
1: like,
0: you oh, man like it used to be a thing i think when the first companions come out and even a lot of the surface pros and people were like oh this is great you know full photoshop i can travel with it um but now it's getting to a point now like just an ipad and a, a pencil is is enough and yeah. you can you can do professional level work with yeah, Procreate. and then of course adobe this year is supposed to be launching uh, photoshop on the ipad so right. That would be interesting. Um, I'm curious
1: about that, and we'll see.
0: Yeah, I was going to say because uh, for me, Procreate, I think because I've worked with them on and off the last couple of years. They actually used to sponsor the podcast, and um, oh,
1: nice!
0: They used to just kind of like you would see early bills, or you'd see things at events that were they were pushing at the time, and yeah, they they seem to be on top of the the engineering side of it. So that, I think that's the thing with them. I think is what's good is that it almost removes the technology out of your face so you're not really worrying about it while you're drawing mm. um the interface is so minimal and the controls are so intuitive that you don't really think oh, where's that menu where's that button you right. know Um especially for i think people who want to pick up for the first time and use it as an alternative to photoshop right if you roughly know enough you can be like oh i know how to, you know, draw yeah. this line and the, and the brush system is really in, intuitive as well so
1: yeah if, you, if you're familiar with photoshop like 20 minutes of procreate you know how to use it
0: yeah it's pretty epic um i mean like it, the thing as well with with working on and off with clients and then you know traveling and then obviously you're you talking about like uh, a game because the last reference i had was was you talking to james but you're saying you're kind of trying to rebrand and relaunch your patron is is that just a like your next step your next evolution or the next part of your career Are you want to
1: hmm.
0: you know build that now is that the next thing you're kind of focusing on or uh
1: well the thing is like and this is a curse that all artists will discover eventually is that there's really never one just thing that you're going to do and just stick with. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, of course. At least yeah. if, if you're like me, you just, you're, you're always like trying to reposition that frontier line to move towards it uh, and making it a different thing. I guess right now um, it's not necessarily just restructuring Patreon. And then that, I mean, that's kind of a peripheral goal. I think right now is Um, I don't have a specific thing aside from making an art book, which I do plan to do as my main kind of thing for the next few months. Um, But, you know, just working on myself and trying to deal with my things through uh, therapy and and some medication and trying to figure those things out because I don't – I can recognize being held back from myself, um, you know, regarding – concepts of self-worth self-worth etc so um, i just want to do away with uh, as much as that as possible and then just express you know art you know
0: take time for yourself basically yeah 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 yeah. i mean there's there's two parts to that response one is um i have a really awesome graphic designer called Spiridon that i think would love to make your book because actually he's worked with a lot of big artists to make their art books recently Mm. so he might be a a guy i can point in your direction Um, i do have a publisher
1: already uh, All right, okay. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. It
0: was actually it was somebody to design the actual book because he's his specialities can actually design in the art books. In, oh, in okay. Building. Yeah, because um, he's oh, th- up Okay, pop- sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk after. But also, in regards to therapy, yeah. um, which I think people don't actually talk about enough, and I really think we should. Is that I, I was through therapy the last uh, well, probably about two and a half, three years ago now. Since I kind of stopped, but hmm. um, the year I was there talking to the person I was with, yeah, it done me the world of good um that third party person i think who you don't really know well enough but you know enough that you can you can disclose that stuff it can be a a very therapeutic thing and i don't think enough people talk about it openly or address it as much as we really should in this community because as we've seen recently with well more musicians because that's a public thing like a celebrity thing you know uh two years ago now one of my heroes chester bennington took his life yeah. um and then of course recently if you heard the prodigy singer um keith he actually just uh committed suicide as well oh, no. so yeah so that's uh, you know 40 odd years old with chester and i think it is a thing where uh, as artists you know it was funny i was i was watching an interview with um i don't know if you do you know Billie eilish at all this the mm. young singer she's like 16 years old um kind of like burning up the charts just now i think she's just the most the most streamed music on on Spotify ever Um, but she's like 16 years old and like she is as deep as the ocean for her age as well she's been singing since she was 13 but like you know putting out music videos Um, but they interviewed her once and she was talking about like simple stuff that I've just came to terms with in my 30s where it's like you know, you really should be making art for yourself and no one else because, of, like, if everyone fucking died and, like, I was the only one left on the planet, I'd be left with all this work that was for other people. Mm. And I was like, holy shit. And then also, she was like, uh, they, were, they were like, how do you feel now that you're 16 and you're this artist? And she was like, I just feel lonely, man. Like, yeah. it's, you know, I think as artists, we always just feel sad and alone. And I kind of, <laughs> it sucks. But, like, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, it's 16 years old. Like, her eyes are open. But um, I, I don't know if it's a thing just with art in general. Like you said, like, it's not just restricted to creative art that so you get it with music with film with actors um, you know I think famously a lot of actors who have, have uh, suffered with depression and stuff like that and um, how do you, do you feel I think it's, it's quite a kind of a, a cultural thing that's kind of taken over at the moment Do you feel there's a lot well, of people you know that are struggling with it or
1: absolutely especially with artists like uh, you know I guess there's this idea that when it comes to therapy or getting help or improving yourself it's this oh, but I'm supposed to do it on my own right it's it, it would yeah. be cheating or it's like uh, you know it's the easy way out if I get help from someone else, so I'm gonna be independent mm-hmm. and and pretend that I can do do this on my own and and so that's destructive in and of itself um yeah. but the willingness to say, okay, I'm not perfect, and you know if if my friend or somebody I genuinely cared about was suffering, I would help them if they're if they're hungry and I got some food, I'll share it. You know, there's a certain human nature that you'd totally be willing to help other people. It's the willingness to also be helped and to seek out that help because, you know, we're all on this journey. And so uh, other people have been there and are far more experienced than us. And so uh, being able to, to look at where you are in life and and uh, finding a way to just, Hack away at the parts that are holding you back, whether it's uh, holding holding you back creatively, or or to find uh, you know a, a girlfriend or um, a marriage partner. It's like you know you you have a sort of calling in the world, um, whether it's something grand or something simple, whatever suits your taste. Um, but you know there's just so much that that you don't see because it's in your blind spot. And to have somebody who's, yeah, like you said, a third-party person who's not necessarily your family, but genuinely wants to help, uh, hopefully at least, um, it's like they can point things out and then you kind of get a new perspective and and something that you didn't even notice before and you make a small change in your life, whether it's through baby steps or exercise and suddenly things start to fall into place towards your goals or or Maybe even maybe the first step is coming up with goals, and and so getting help is is definitely necessary. I think.
0: Yeah, I felt like a trick that my therapist done at the time, which was really interesting, was where you would be explaining something. Well, for me, it was a, a woman, so something to her uh, at the time, and then you know she would almost kind of interrupt me and say, you know, you said two minutes ago, you know, da 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 da. What did you mean by that? And then you're kind of like, oh, I I don't really know actually. Um, what did I say? Oh okay. Uh, well, I guess because this and they'd be like really oh well maybe because you know and it's it's those she can stand from the outside in and and kind of poke holes and things you're doing and be like oh well maybe this is because and so i think that's like you said the third person that because we have a saying across here you can't see the forest for the trees so Mm. you know because you're so close to yourself you're not really looking from the outside and thinking well what is going on so um yeah i feel like it's something that more people should embrace and and should be doing regularly even just Mm. Sometimes if you feel like there maybe isn't something wrong, but you maybe just want to talk to somebody about something, then yeah, it's always, it's, uh, I was going to say it's therapeutic. That'd be quite funny, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's, it's a great exercise and just, I think clearing your mind for me. It's like, uh, my therapist always said, it's like emptying the trash bin on your desktop um, because you take so much stuff on all the time and, and, um, you never really think they was empty. It. Like people always get to that point, they're like, oh my God, there's like 65 gig in my, my trash on my desktop. What have I been, what have I been deleting? But right. um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's stuff that you put to the back, basically, that you never really deal with. Um, right. Or like, you know, cl- cleaning that closet in your home that you've never really touched for years that really needs right. a good sweep out. Um, so I, I think it is just like almost a maintenance for your body. Like it's just that clearing out of things right. and, and, and making room for other emotions or other feelings or other experiences. Exactly. Yeah, it's clearing so, the
1: canvas for a new new I guess uh shell. Well, yeah, it's like it's like you know those crabs um they in, in order to uh grow, they have to shed the shell that they have and then grow a new shell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it's like a, a self reflective. I know it's when you get to your 30s or close to your 30s, you start thinking about these things. But yeah, yeah definitely when I hit 30, I was kind of like, yeah, I need to go start thinking and yeah. you know, talking about these things. So
1: I just turn um, 31 and okay. I get it. <laughs>
0: oh, dude. Like I, when I'm this August, when I'm in Tokyo, I'm going to be turning 34. Oh. Um, yeah. And I also thought of something really, no horrible, but really. Jara and i was like oh man i'm gonna be in tokyo for the new star wars film I was uh, like i don't know how that's gonna go down like how am i gonna go because i've been going with like a particular group of friends every year since force awakens yeah. um and I'm like, i don't know oh, if i'm gonna, gonna see
1: it gonna...
0: really oh, this is interesting because <laughs> i watched the show last night and i was absolutely buzzing after really? oh, that um,
1: I'm, I'm so glad actually i'm glad you know that yeah i mean i it. mean
0: like yeah like it's it, i think since last jedi and uh, i gave this is <laughs> well see man this is the weird thing because like i, I actually enjoyed the film know that it was the best hours ever but like i thought it was a good film
1: but no. then all right well we're gonna yeah, end the podcast uh, now <laughs> i gotta go uh gonna watch some star trek
0: <laughs> oh dude what, what's that over there did yeah yeah, yeah. No, i mean like it yeah no it's it's yeah. uh I, I I could I could understand where people yeah. were coming from when they said like you know there was there was almost holes in the story and and things and Luke didn't seem like himself and but then I watched a guy's video that kind of basically was like no that is right where he was like you know Luke has struggled with the force his whole life every time he's picked up a lightsaber or got involved in the force someone's died or something's happened or he's lost his hand or you know he's rushed off into battle carelessly so like no wonder like he doesn't want to have to. And then the last time he really tried, like he he ended up nearly killing his nephew. So he's like, like no wonder he wanted to be in his own and, you know, push everything away and cut himself off from the force. Cause he just felt like every time he tried, he was just, you know, fucking up all the time. So I feel like um,
1: those are valid points, but, but my problem is like people who are writing it. I mean, it's just, is that really the story you want to tell your kids to be excited about having a, a hero that's overcome things and and done great things for people and made a difference in the life? It's like, it's just, I don't know. It's like, is that really the story you want to tell people?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult because I think unless George was kind of taking the helm and going back to his roots from the original stuff, because I think he says even in the prequels, he felt he went a bit too far at times, yeah. you know, telling different stories. But... I don't know. It depends how the. I mean, the interesting thing to me was um, the the Palpatine reveal at the end. Yeah, i um,
1: will see how that goes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, w- I was is really force, curious. To like, bad, yeah, where's, yeah. Where, how's that going to work out? How's Ian get involved in it? But
1: um, I think yeah. it's just the
0: nostalgia button, right? Nostalgia is like hero yeah. for all people, you know. It's Millennium like
1: Falcon, Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Millennium Falcon.
0: <laughs> oh my God, Lando's there. Lando's in the Falcon now. Wow, Lando Falcon. Yeah, so.
1: Falcon Lando.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, I think it's just. Uh, the, the memory is, is what keeps it alive, in the okay. years I have. I mean, I, I'm covered in tattoos that are mostly Star Wars. So oh, okay, I mean, well,
1: I've, you're legit. every year,
0: <laughs> every every year on May fifth, I get a wee a wee extra. Maybe, I to, maybe yeah. I'll
1: watch the movie for uh, for you. It'll be like you know, this is for good. we're going to go <laughs> yeah. see. it
0: I think good or bad, you should always just try and experience the media, and then you can form your own opinion. But yeah, I yeah. think it's harder when you miss the media altogether and then try to think, well, it would have been shit anyway, so why bother? You know, I think Mm -hmm. sometimes things can surprise you. And even like within, I think, you know, back in the day when the original films came out, um, you know, Empire was such a hit for after the first film. um, People were almost disappointed with Jedi, but then people see Return of the Jedi as almost like the peak of that trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think everybody has their own opinion on good and bad Star Wars. but, uh, Mm -hmm. But no, the trailer definitely hyped me last night. I was... Um, I wasn't as excited as I thought I was going to be after I watched that, but I was quite like, "Oh, this!" I'm quite excited now to see it. So I,
1: I sort of envy that, you know. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you've lost, you've lost the first to enjoy, enjoy it. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, even if it was just like, "Oh well, I, I love the original three. For me, like, it's also a comparison of. Um, I don't know if you've, I've also got the statue de Marne, but I don't know if you've ever watched um, the last Airbender. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, yeah, so. The like the original or the movie.
0: <laughs> oh my God! Oh, oh my God! God. <laughs> let's not even—I mean, let's not even go like near, yeah. near that movie, Bob. Oh, I mean, you know know—I've never watched it, and I never want to watch it. See, there we go. But yeah. I've just found my comparison to you when watching Star Wars. But um, Ang's original series for me yes. is like, yeah, as the is the one that still to me, to this day, you know, I get to, you know, him fighting the Fire Lord at the end, and there's still tears running from my face. But yeah. with Korra. I just couldn't find that spark again. Right. The first series was really well put together. I think it had an interesting story, you know, with the the chi blockers. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, as I went into series two and three, and at the spirit world and stuff, I was starting to be like, oh, I'm kind of losing the interest right. in this. It, it wasn't like the original three books, where it was there was you know,
1: a, there was a certain magic in the first uh, Ang's uh, thing because it, it it just had this uh, sense of you're moving towards something.
0: Yeah, then go. Yeah.
1: Cora was like. I don't know. It, it was missing that element. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think really it I mean, was, yeah. No, I was going to say it was interesting because I think also it was the original, um, still the original guys that had done the first series, but mm. yeah, like you said, I think it, it just it, it almost, maybe it was just even the setting and when it came closer to the wars, more modern time. Cause I think we it was like, you know, it was a view of a historic, the ancient world. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, also, the the film I think for a lot of people after that maybe killed it and then when Korra the came out, they were kind of like, Oh, is M. Right. directing this one too? Fuck. Stop kicking so. the dead
1: horse. <laughs> yeah.
0: But uh but yeah, but actually I tell you what, one of the few series that actually has revitalized really my my love of well, know that world, but something very similar to it because a lot of the guys who made The Last Airbender now run uh, Dragon Prince at Dragon um, Prince. Wonderstorm. Mm. So uh my friend Tim Kaminsky, who had in the podcast, he went out to AD that at Wonderstorm Studios in LA. Mm-hmm. They're working on the Dragon Prince, which is on Netflix, two series now, and it's the original. A lot of the original showrunners from Airbender, oh, no, um, so actually, actually a lot of the original voice actors from Airbender as well. So the the guy who played um, Sokka, um, you Katara's Sokka? brother. <laughs> Sokka, sorry, Sokka, Sokka, but Sokka. I think it
1: is yeah, uh, but but- in, in the movie they called him Soka or something.
0: Oh god, These yeah. Idiots. So much whitewashing in that film as well, it was ridiculous. Like, oh my god. Cause I think it's like the, the the different um elements are all from different parts or representations of parts. Like the the air nomads are like, you know, Tibetan Buddhist monks, and mm. then the the water tribe is uh, Inuits, and then you've got the the Fire Nation, which I think is supposed to be based off Indian culture um mm. or somewhere around that nation and then the earthbenders are like the more southeast asia china kind of variations of kung fu so, cool. so like yeah it was so much and see what the funniest thing when you read the book you read about how like the the powers weren't even a thing until like the last minute they didn't actually think they were going to involve like these magic powers and oh.
1: Aang
0: Aang was originally going to be a robot with a monkey on his shoulder oh, but gosh. then the guys were in nickelodeon were like no it has to be a, a young kid because the kids won't relate to a robot so yeah. like, okay so um but yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting show, and I, I I've even thought to myself like that would be something that maybe even would have been things that you would have loved to have done, um, uh, the 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 animation side of the the industry as well. Is that something you've ever thought about doing mm. as well, apart from games and movies? Because yeah, I don't know if animation might have been you know like running a show or or, or producing stuff on a, a kids cartoon or an animated uh, show.
1: I think if anything, uh, with that field is um. I don't. I don't like long, big, continuous projects. I, I kind of like snippets. So, Love, Death, and Robots was a really cool, I guess, layout of something that I would enjoy doing. Okay, Did you okay. see that by any chance?
0: This is going to sound horrible, but no, I have not yet watched it. But there are oh. so many people I know worked on that fucking program. Like, Money. oh my god, the place. The yeah. place I worked for my internship at Access in Glasgow, like they've done so much work in it for parts. And yeah, a lot of artists I know. All right, after this podcast, pieces. you're going <laughs> to. Go. Yeah, I, know, uh, I need, need some more
1: episodes. Um, but each one is a nice little snippet. And altogether, it's like an anthology of disparate stories and ideas and styles and art directors. I think I wouldn't mind doing like a, a seven minute thing uh, or something like that. But. Cause yeah. I have all these like random ideas I want to do. And and partly this is what I want to do for my art book is just like little chapters of different ideas. Um, yeah. and so, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. I, I don't really like the idea of, you know, working on an animation feature at a studio for like two years kind of thing Two right. like, like that. I, I just want to, I get antsy and I want to like run around and do some other stuff. Yeah.
0: It seems like an interesting thing because yeah, like it's a, it's a thing where, like I said, again, it's, 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 the, it's the difference between the, the studio guys and the freelance guys, because yeah, I know people who would sit on a project for five years, like a game, especially, you know, and game would sit you. for, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, then that, that's a long time sometimes to be doing stuff, but yeah, like, um like animations can take, yeah, like you said, years and years and, and pre-production before, you know, most things get
1: done and, and then politics get involved. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like, yeah. Well, that politics.
1: Is, uh, oh God. Oh
0: God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's interesting. I think even with when we went to um uh the the, the THU gathering last year, mm. and we found um a lot of the things in the animation industry that we're getting held back because of um well basically the the, the current um um presidential uh, elect that's in the office just now and, um him actually having kind of almost reign over what was getting released and what wasn't getting released Um, when it comes to um, like, you know, animations, films. um, He had a very clear focus of what he would like to see um, within that industry, you know, which is interesting to me because I'm kind of like, well, what would it matter if, like, I mean, for for instance, you're probably thinking, what am I talking about? But We we saw a talk from a guy who'd worked on um, more Mexican, Spanish-themed, animations at the time like the luchador Hmm. stuff okay and he was basically and he was basically saying that they were getting told at the time they had to rearrange a lot of the shows or cancel certain things because it had that mexican vibe and that had that that vibe of like they were almost promoting that as like because he worked on um the book of life film Hmm. um and uh and he was saying that you know he struggled for a long time to get that film made because of its ethnic theme because of the theme of you know it was a luchador and because it was it was based in mexico um you know and then also involved the day of the dead like they were they were told that they were looking to push more um western focused stuff mm. that was more um well a white cast so yeah, it's, it's interesting i think with politics as well and uh, again it happens within games movies everything really studios always have a a set structure of you know bosses managers ceos sure. so i think it's when you feel that um you're maybe producing something that isn't for you if it's for another person, which I think is the hardest thing of concept art. Like, I mean, I was reading a, an article uh, recently by uh, Carolina Zeliski and she basically had a, a kind of 12-step program. She was like, these are the things as a, a concept artist um, you need to remember. Um, and one of them was like, everything you make is for something else, it's to serve another purpose. Like, it, you know, if sometimes if you want to be a concept artist in the industry, you have to make peace with the fact that um, the things you're making aren't always for you, you know. Like you're sure, going to be working yeah. for a client or a boss or a studio, you know. As precious as people, you know, as artists can be with their art, um, that can be sometimes the hardest sacrifice, right? Is, yeah. is giving up your freedom, your creative freedom, almost? Um, is that the same you? Is that probably why you prefer the the freelance yes. route? Because yeah, you don't want to give up your your IPs, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah is that something else you want to do? Is is almost produce your own content, like? I'm assuming you maybe thought about this, but like, you know, comics or doing your own game or stuff like that. Is that things that have crossed your mind?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, earlier I mentioned the whole like snippets of different ideas and, and anthologies. Like I imagine I want to do like a, I guess range of that. And then if one of them really like, I don't know, speaks to me, uh, I would love to like make a game or uh, a comic or like, even if it's just a short, um, you know, series or something, but yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I love comics. Yeah.
0: Because you've recently done a stream, I think, well, not recently, but maybe even a year ago, I can't remember when it was specifically, but with Jason Brubaker. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, And, and Jason is, I think, uh, traditionally, apart from VizDev, he works on his own comic series as well, right? Like He has yeah. a whole set. Yeah, so w- was that something you you feel that you could emulate almost with your own work? Would you want to build your own story and
1: publish that? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it's it's almost a thing that I think inherently comes with nearly everybody who makes art. I think you want to tell your own stories at one Absolutely. point i think cuz yeah
1: cuz i think for most artists uh it's like there's a certain personality type that comes with it and it's the idea that you're kind of a an a, a dreamer right and back when you were a kid like you could probably like sit in a like i don't know and look out a window for hours and just looking at the clouds or something and you've already made up an entire world just like looking at the the bees fly by or something and right. uh that uh, that kind of dreaming is sort of what a lot of artists forget that that's what you're trying to recapture. And being able to first get the tools and then remember how to be a kid again and then putting that on paper, that's the dream, you know?
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And and again, it's it's something that I think when industry meets art, it almost becomes – two clashing ideals that cancel each other out because yeah. like it, yeah because you're trying money. to make something yeah money industry <laughs> productions deadlines art directors all this kind of stuff my and,
1: ideal scenario would be to like come up with something and just sell it or option it or something to make enough to just not have to ever work again so i could just yeah for the rest of my life that with James, teach, yeah. and just yeah. uh do my thing and, and all that
0: yeah i mean i think my ideal would be, I would love to make one day, like make my own version of a Zelda franchise, like make something. Yes. that is, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's mean. Ex- you need to talk more. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, it's, it, because James was talking about the other day. Right, he was wanting to get into animation. Right, that's his next. Like almost side hobby thing he's want to do apart from like making his short films on YouTube, like he's he's starting to learn to you'll know, teach himself um, animation because he he would, thinks he would like to do something like that. But yeah, I think for me, um, the Zelda thing is because that's I mean like Star Wars is the big aspect of my life, obviously, but I'm also covered in Zelda tattoos. So like you know like I feel that making my own game would be for me like the peak, like the pinnacle of um, because I mean um, you're a Zelda fan, right? Like, oh, for sure. Zelda so like for you breath of the wild i'm going, I to, make, didn't I'm play going to say i'm going to say the show cover but it was like a breath of fresh air right
1: i i didn't play that one <gasps> i know well i've been traveling oh, and i don't have oh, a switch God. you can get know, it the switch know, and take it with you <laughs> i know but uh yeah i'll eventually play I, well actually i kind of resisted at first because I, i'm not really a big fan of big open world games like it's okay. the same reason i won't play witcher it's, it's very mm. manageable.
0: Okay. It's it, it's a it's an open world in the sense that yeah, for Zelda, it is you can go anywhere, but it's no like The Witcher because also I'm uh, a Witcher and a Skyrim fan, and okay. like The Witcher's worlds are like it's so big, like, it's 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 incomprehensible. Like there's so many side quests. There was yeah. something made a joke the other day that uh, method actor Henry Cavill, who was playing Geralt, couldn't actually finish the the <laughs> shooting because he kept taking side projects. So, um, like zelda for me when i played it i said to somebody it's it's not just the best zelda game i've ever played it's one of the best video games i've ever played Mm. i think it was because it it treats you like an adult it mm. it takes you out for the first five minutes and like here's a couple of buttons and then it's like right okay go
1: so Mm.
0: for me i felt yeah
1: what's cool is uh what i've always thought is like you know japan's produced so many amazing things zelda being one of them uh Ghibli Studio Miyazaki all that stuff it's, it's very oh, yeah. childlike wonder wondrous and it has a kind of quality uh, whimsical i guess would be a good word and i feel yeah. like the west hasn't provided an answer for that like what is the west's take on that dream like and i, I know we've had like fable and a couple of yeah. things here and there but but they're so forced and like so industry and and, and factory driven that um it's missing that element and, and so yeah, I would I would love to see our answer to what is our Legend of Zelda?
0: Yeah, I think it's, again, it was, I think it's just a, a life goal for me in general that, yeah, I would love to see, um, I, I think with Witcher, for me, it was also, people always say that Witcher's like the grown-up version of Zelda, and I don't mm. agree with that. And Well, we don't agree with it completely. It has similar elements. Yes, you're a guy with yeah. a sword on the back of a horse looking for adventure, but yeah, Garret already has his own identity. Where I think the trick with Zelda is that Link is your blank canvas, right? Like you become Link, you become the. Because when you meet Garret, even in like Witcher Three, which most people play first, is that he's already badass, right? He has all these spells and cuts and scars and stories behind him. But with Link, it's every game. It's like like it's it's a new start.
1: Yeah, it's a new slate.
0: Yeah, so I think that is like you said. I think Fable was maybe the closer thing we had to that world. But yeah. I think the the world wasn't executed well enough.
1: Right. Um, Even the so gameplay, the, like, because Zelda isn't just the story in the field, but it's the mechanics that make it worth playing as well.
0: Well, the mechanics in this game, I mean, the, one of the guys, I forget, I forget the guy's name, but a Japanese developer who basically talked about how they built the systems in that so that like the physics were almost a gameplay element of it, and like mm. you know, like if you found a rock or a boulder at the start of the game, you could push it all the way to the last boss. Oh my you know? god. So like you know, he just made there was these set of rules basically. Like if you knocked trees over, they floated, and like you could step on them. Then you could float down a river. You could set it on fire. You know, like they made the world just alive, cool. and then you just interacted with it. So, no, you did. You need to get breath of the world. that is
1: I need to oh get a TV god. first.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I've got. Oh god, yeah, that would be a thing as well. So actually, I'm getting the more and more I'm going on now, and now that I've cut myself from social media, I'm I'm, I'm hardly taking my phone places. Sometimes I try to That's just take awesome. a sketchbook. I've. I've tv wise yeah i don't really have much uh that you I, are i don't really watch people are always like oh yeah new Game of thrones is it and next week i'm like oh, i've not really watched any of it i, I didn't yeah, plan any yeah. i gave
1: up Same a, of, a, while about, a while back
0: yeah walking dead as well i think i've ever watched maybe even one episode breaking bad never saw it um
1: mm. yeah
0: the last couple of years has been difficult because i'm in that phase initially you know when you're at uni and or you're at school and you're initially learning like there's so much to take in. You just yeah. think like, how can I fit anything else in? And I think the only thing I really have afforded myself time for apart from art has been video games. Um, so mm. yeah, I've kept up mostly on, but then I, I made a promise to myself this year that um, I was only going to buy one game and mm. um, the i knew the game i wanted to buy which is devil may cry 5 so ah, i bought
1: that that does look crazy uh, you could do yeah. wheeled motorcycles come on oh
0: shit dude dante's dante's bike weapon is so over the top it oh my rid- god yeah. but that's the fun of that game right that's the whole appeal of it. Yeah, it is so it's over arcade, the top. Yeah. yeah yeah you know you know devil may cry was actually one of the first versions they made of resident evil 4 oh um before they scrapped it and then made resident evil 4 basically
1: man um, the first devil may cry oh god playstation 2 i remember that Pretty clearly, like, uh, Mm -hmm. it was the first time in a game where it goes from, like, kind of calmness to this sudden, like, oh, my God, like, fight mode. Remember when you first fight those marionettes and that music kicks in?
0: oh yeah, yeah and you the, can like the,
1: jump the, up in the air oh dude that was awesome
0: cheesy japanese metal it's it's so back for the new game by the way it's, it's oh. crazy and then there's like a twist at the end and everything i was like oh my ah. god you know so ah um but yeah like I've, I've basically made a promise that that was the only game i was going to buy this year and i'm not mm. buying it anymore um i say that though i'll get the super potato and akihabara and i'll be like oh my god <laughs> <those> games. <laughs> must buy them all but no i've, I've got enough on my I bought a, a Bluetooth controller years ago for I think it was for an iPad I had at the time, but mm. I just recently found I can use it on my iPad Pro. So I literally had downloaded I think Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and I was playing it with my Wii controller on oh my, my iPad Pro. So it's a mobile game studio now as well as a, a patent studio. So mm. um and I've got my yeah. Switch, like, so yeah.
1: Man, there's, when you're in uh when you're in uh, Japan, uh mm-hmm. I freaked there. So I'll definitely uh, hit you up.
0: Yeah man I'm definitely I know there's a there's a community of people I've already kind of contacted before I went out just to say, hey, you know, I'll be across and if you want to catch up. Yeah. and um, But no, we'll, we'll definitely try and get a, a drawn day and maybe even try and drag James and uh, Steve uh, across. Yeah, yeah. yeah Steven Zapata is also one of like my heroes. And, he's
1: uh, he's quite the character. <laughs> he's, yeah. trying, he's trying to get me to move to New York. Uh,
0: oh, okay. He, yeah.
1: I'm sending, uh, I, I recommended him to the uh, the battle thing because I'm actually taking a break from the battle, so I don't want to uh, go back oh, okay. just yet. Uh, right. and hopefully he can qualify in la to be sent to japan
0: oh nice have you have you ever thought of spending time in japan as a resident has that ever crossed uh, your mind
1: while i was there i thought about it but the more time i spent there i just i uh, didn't want to commit to an idea like that just yet i, I still want to see more of the world first before i yeah
0: yeah no, but, it, but
1: it's definitely a, an idea um the, the weird yeah. thing though for me is that uh it's really great to visit and the people are very welcoming but living there is a completely different story and uh and the the feeling of wanting to feel like you're at home somewhere is uh kind of not there yeah
0: i mean it's interesting i think with different cultures i've seen across there where there are some people i know who have maybe lived in other countries first like south korea and then moved to japan and said that they felt more at home and more welcome in japan than they did other places in asia um and then yeah like you said some people go across and they will have a different take on japanese people and how they approach or treat you from day to day mm. um and i think it would be the, it would also depend why you were there right because yeah. as much as i love the fact that i'm going to go and live in japan which i've dreamt about since god i was like 12 or something been? But no i have never been to Ooh. japan <laughs> It will be very interesting to go and see what it's like, especially now I'm going to live there, because like I was saying, if you go to visit, yeah, that is one thing, but if I'm getting up there every day and having to get on, like, you know, trains, yeah, that's, it's going to be different. Um, I think the biggest fear I have, um, which sounds weird, but I think it's very warranted in Japan, is my weight, because mm-hmm. even though I've slimmed down recently and I'm not as big as I used to be, um, I do know they're very forward about sometimes talking about your weight, like um... saying have you found maybe it's just a, a weird rumor i've heard but i have heard stories of people getting their stomachs poked um occasionally oh. or their, their weight talked about is is that, is that I, something you've came across?
1: I mean i'm definitely more overweight than the people there so uh <laughs> i didn't no I, I didn't i didn't really get any of that um yeah they're not gonna they're very polite especially if you're foreign like they're not going to be like oh you're overweight like they're not gonna (laughs) they might like whisper it to each other but you know it's like it's not even an insult it's more like yeah we're gaijin we're different we're outside people and so normal for us is not normal for them
0: yeah i think it's just when because it's such a homogenous culture right it, it, it almost seems that sometimes when things come in from the outside that are different then it is almost like how do you address that? But then I think it's with with Japanese people because they don't really like in a sense confrontation a lot then yeah. they wouldn't call things out you know, to right. make people feel uncomfortable. They would almost talk around it. I mean, there was a guy I watched called um, Chris Broad abroad in Japan and he done a whole video on like, I remember he asked one of his colleagues if he had a pet and I think the way he answered it was basically translated into uh, my cat may or may not be dead. Like <laughs> he Whoa. couldn't even answer. Yeah, he couldn't even answer that because he, he wanted to be so indecisive. He couldn't even right. say like I have a cat. He wanted to be like, well, I maybe have a cat, but I might be dead. <laughs> I don't know. So like that's how you know, in the middle or on the fence, they've got to be in a lot of things because they don't like as you know in Japan. If you're very opinionated, people can quickly be like, oh my god, what's going on there? Because they, no, they you know yeah, 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 they, they don't, the they back. don't don't tend to kind of speak their mind a lot or or be very straightforward um, with what Uh, they're saying. I have
1: a handful of friends that I worked with in LA uh, Mm -hmm. at a theme park design place back when I was doing that stuff. And they're out in Japan in Osaka and Mm -hmm. they're at Universal. Um, And like, I I met up with them when I was there and they were telling me how something that would have just taken 15 minutes at a meeting back in LA takes like two hours because the, the clients... Never give a straightforward answer. They kind of beat around the bush and try to be nice about things. Even if it looks like they're about to say yes to something, at the end they're like, "Sorry, we we can't." And then they they're like bowing (laughs) as on their way out. It's like, dude, just just wasted two hours of my
0: (laughs) time. I think it it's almost like the Western arrogance, right? Like we know better to do things this way, and but then like I I think it's because a lot of times when they do things like that, the Japanese people is coming from a very Honest place of being just polite mm. and being kind and being thoughtful of the other person. Where I feel like that's something as Westerners we sometimes lack. Like we, mm. because we sometimes we can be so self-centered. You know, like True. people always yeah. say that. You know, I feel sometimes even myself that I don't do enough for other people, or I don't. I'm thinking about myself too much, and mm. I feel that as a, a common downfall of a lot of the Western traits is a very yeah. me culture as opposed to a we culture. Right. Um, so it's, it's, you know, like people throw trash on the ground across here. Like it's not yeah. even bothering them. But across there in Japan, people will never think to do that. Yeah. No, of course, because they try to think about their community. They try to think about right. the overall population. Um, so I think a year they would definitely do me good just to even just open my eyes to a way of how to treat mm. other people. Like the, the thing that blew my mind as well is that you could sit like a two grand MacBook in the middle of a cafe and walk away from it for like two hours and come back and it would still be
1: there. If you leave your wallet on the the thing that you'll come back and find it or it'll be returned to the station. Uh, do you know any Japanese?
0: No, I, very, very, very little. I can do yeah. the konnichiwa and konbamwa yeah. and yeah. Um, hajum, hajumemashite and, and dozo yeah. uh, But yeah, I can do all the, the basic stuff, but yeah. yeah, um, more advanced techniques. And so does this thing is always the in-between, yeah, and the particles. And I'm trying to, I'm using uh, an app, is it Japanese Pod 101? I think hmm. it's the one that somebody recommended to me, said was really good. It's a, it's a set of... No, i I'm, I started to do a bit of uh, hiragana. Um, yeah, yeah.
1: Duolingo uh, is really good for just learning the the basics of reading the letters.
0: Uh, yeah. Someone told me about that. Yeah, Duolingo and is it Drops was another I'm one.
1: Not sure, but the Duolingo thing, it's not really good for learning how to speak it. But the process that it does uses to teach you the 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 letters or the characters, it's pretty effective. Like I can read hiragana just fine. Yeah. Um, kanji, not so much.
0: Yeah, because there's Hiragana, katakana, and kanji are, like, the three yeah. kind of writing languages. Um, I think it's Hiragana or katakana that has, like, over 2,000 characters or something.
1: The, the, like, do you, in order to, like, be able to read just a newspaper, you need to know, like, I think 2,000 kanji at oh, least. Wow. And there's, like, 20,000 <laughs> or something, and you include, like, the Chinese... Because it's, its origin is uh, Chinese, uh, you know, uh, calligraphy... Not calligraphy, but... Right, writing, yeah. And so... Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's a bit of a variation on that.
0: Jesus, yeah. I I think it's just, it's almost like a a daunting task because I think with most languages, you can separate meanings and words into different things. But because um, even like one Japanese word could mean multiple things of different variations. Right.
1: Like the the stuff that gets me is a lot of words are just vowels. Like for example, painting or art or drawing or something is like a- like what what? <laughs> a Throw a continent in there, please. You know? Yeah.
0: More than one syllable. I, I, yeah, I think it's there's certain words where um because like, they use these um objectives a lot to basically describe an entire situation. Like yeah. rather than say, Oh my god, like it's uh that that's amazing or how wonderful they would just use the word sugoi Yeah, a lot. Like and oh sugoi, yeah. Sugoi. yeah, like oh, it's, it's amazing, it's wonderful. Um or oishi for delicious or, yeah. or, or tastes very good or um, so it's yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting time. Although I've been told with with Tokyo, especially like Shibuya and stuff in Shinjuku, where we'll be located, with the Olympics coming up as well um, next year, um, you know, it's going to be very Westerner friendly. So I, sure, there's yeah. going to be a lot of English signs. There'll be people trying to learn a bit more English for tourists. And
1: sure, yeah. But then, if in Shinjuku yeah. Shibuya area, English is fine. But if you're going out to like Kyoto, you might want to <laughs> brush up oh, a little bit.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to try. Well, we're, we're definitely going to cross to uh, Tokyo Disneyland at one point. Oh, Tokyo's easy. Disney Sea, because yeah. uh, I've been told they're amazing. But yeah. also, my partner is a Harry Potter nut, so we're nice. going to go to Osaka to see the Universal Studios uh, lot. Oh my
1: goodness! Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> no.
0: have they have a they have a Wizarding World and other many awesome things. Oh my god! Next year they are opening Nintendo Land. And- ah and universal so i'll be there for that <laughs> oh dude i'm like oh, oh my god
1: <laughs> i want a picture with kirby
0: real life real life mario Kart and everything, and a whole castle a whole zelda dungeon to explore as well apparently what? It's gonna be, yeah it's gonna be a whole life-size Why Zelda dungeon. it take dungeon. so
1: long to make this i know
0: i know well 2020 is apparently the year of release for the, the nintendo park in osaka so um i'll be i'll yeah, be there yeah. queuing day one to get to get in it so. awesome oh <sighs> kind of went (laughs) um okay yeah so that was an awesome hour of talking um i actually enjoyed that a bit more than than the typical uh the art stuff we usually do but i I wanted to change it up a little bit because uh like I says, I think sometimes when people talk about the careers, it's like you can almost like just walk away and press a, a playing a tape and just have it, you know, <laughs> playing in the mic Industry, so um, hard,
1: you got to study this make connections. Okay, yeah. all right. How many times have I heard this?
0: Yeah. Do you know perspective? You think yeah. of perspective, brah yeah. yeah. How much do you do
1: you even know? Like it's like, dude, let's yeah. talk about Japan for a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. No. Oh my god. So yeah, um so yeah, thank you, Ahmed, for coming on. Oh, thanks and, for um, inviting me.
1: And sorry it took yeah. so long. I, you've been asking to for me to come on for like. Ach, years, that's, you
0: know? that's fine, man. I, Like everybody never, yeah. you know I've ever interviewed has always been the same. Even when I go to a lot, we went to THU last year and, and Dylan Cole was in a talk and I think Andre had been basically trying to get him on, on the THU lineup for about six years. Um mm. even when we finally f- felt that um Joe Mad was coming last year to THU, he had to cancel last minute as well. So oh,
1: no. are you going to Lightbox just, by the way?
0: No, no, I, I, Bobby Choo's the thing, right, isn't it? That yeah. Is, yeah, getting out to L.A. for me at this point is going to be difficult because okay. even between Tokyo and, and L.A., I think, mm. I don't know how expensive it is to get across to it's L.A. from Tokyo. Impressive. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. and then I think even just getting a ticket for this show and then taking time off from work. So, um, But it's interesting, though, because I think Bobby is basically filling the gap where, um, oh, I forget the name, Tina Tina Price's event, I think, is the one he's basically trying to kind of fill in from. Um, but I think he says he has something like 300 guests or 300 speakers it's at the event. a
1: or... huge list. Like Craig Mullins, Ian McKaig, Like it, It's all the <sighs> big names. I'll be doing a yeah. the talk there as well. Oh,
0: well, that'd be cool, man. Yeah, no, I, I think I'm definitely doing THU this year um, in MOLA. It's a really interesting one to go in. Mean, I mean, I was lucky I met a lot of my heroes there last year including mm. guys like Rafael Gossetti and stuff. But um, I know this year one of my highlights is going to be Amy Hennig, who is the creative and lead writer for the the uh, uncharted series oh um, cool before then she was the lead writer for the um legacy of kane series and she wrote the soul reaver oh. games and stuff like that. so um, stuff. she's had a career that spans decades man and, and i'll just be awesome to go and listen to her talk um and that's that actually because uh andre started the thu tokyo stuff as well he's yeah well last year we had one or two artists from the final fantasy franchise oh. um couple other uh, tokyo-based artists because he has a thu tokyo me up um so yeah i think this year we've got one or two already uh named tokyo illustrators i think one of them is in that battle you were in actually as well i need to send you some details but mm. um but yeah he's basically trying to draw from every part of the world now so nice
1: um
0: but yeah we'll definitely try and if you can get on along year, it would be interesting because i think even coming to sort of the european stuff is is a different um sure yeah wavelength to the American stuff that runs some things um, I think one of the ones actually I'd love to go if I could get across that side of the world is um, edge control it's up in Canada I heard about like runs this. Yeah. Toronto or something like that I know yeah. uh, Jomaro Kindred I think he was a fan I've gone up to it a lot I think it was one of his uh-huh. bros that run the event so um, but yeah anyway okay I think that's right. I'll let you go and um, we'll speak <laughs> to you later at one point and uh, we'll keep mm. talking after the show but um, for the rest of you for everyone here who is still listening Thanks for listening to this rant about Star Wars and video games and Zelda and Japan, but uh, what the hell, man? Why not try something different then and again? Um, if you guys have actually liked or enjoyed the format, just let me know there in the comments, and we can maybe try and uh, follow this up with uh, another interview with somebody else and, and follow the same line. Um, if you guys are listening, um, check me out on, on multiple sources. Um, the podcast has grown across different streams spotify itunes soundclouds um many podcast services and uh, hit the subscribe button on youtube if you can it really helps us out we're nearly 1500 subscribers and uh and yeah uh thanks again guys and we will see you later bye later
1: bye